Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Thank you today that you are so awesome. I thank you for everyone that's here today. God, I thank you, God, for a wonderful Christmas that we've had. God, just a great time to be with friends and families and just all the blessings that, God, you so readily have given to every one of us. Blessings, God, that many times we don't deserve. But thank God you give them to us anyway. And God, I pray that you would just anoint me as I speak today. God, as I bring the vision of this church and this house, and God, what do you want us to do for this year? God, I pray, God, that your blessing and your anointing would be upon me. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Vision Sunday. Absolutely love Vision Sunday. I will say this, Vision Sundays have not always been the easiest Sundays for me to stand up in my own life. I've faced struggles and hardships, and sometimes when preaching the vision for the future, it's been some of the hardest times of my life. But through it all, I can say that God came through. That God met every need of our lives. And what a great opportunity we have. I know it's already been said three or four times today. But today is a new day. Today is a fresh start. There's fresh hope today. Come on, it's a new season for your life. You can leave behind 2011 and you can look forward with great anticipation to 2012. And believing that God's going to do great things. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 5. Verse 15 and 16. I love these verses. It says this. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means carefully. See then that you walk carefully, not as a fool, but as wise. How many would say that's some good advice to take from the beginning of the year? That I walk carefully. I don't want to be a fool to start the year off. Come on, I want to walk wise. Look what it says in verse 16. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. When we talk about redeeming the time, it doesn't mean we can take back time that has already gone because we cannot bring time back. But what God's word is telling us is as we move forward, we can make the best of the opportunities that are in front of us, that are presented to us. Every day we need to make the best of the opportunities that lies before us. And I believe not only as individuals, but as this church, we're going to redeem the time this year. We're going to see such opportunities that we have never seen before. We, we are believing this year for a new facility for us. Come on, we're believing for a church that's going to be, I mean, more than double the size of what we have. Come on, that's pathetic. I said we're believing for God to grow us and move us and relocate us and give us blessings. 
We're believing for this to be a year where we see countless hundreds of souls come in and get saved, families restored, put back together. We're believing it's time to redeem the time because the days are evil, but the darker the night, the brighter the light shines. So instead of cursing the darkness here at Family Life Church, what do we do? We light a candle. Instead of cursing the darkness, we light a candle. And that's what we're all about here. And that's what's so powerful about vision. The power of together. That's, that's what I thought about it when I began to look at vision and write down some notes and, and think about I thought the power of together. That's what vision is all about. The power of coming together. There is no other force on the face of this earth that can do what vision can do. There is no other force on the face of this earth that can do what vision can do. Why? Because vision can take any number of people from all different ages, all different races, all different backgrounds, all different knowledge, whatever, wherever, whoever. Vision can take a group of people, people of differing spirituality, some who are just saved, some who aren't saved, some have been saved for years and years, but vision can take all of them and put them together and make them one. There is no other power on the face of this earth that can do that except for vision, that can bring people together. Why? Because vision brings a common goal that we can achieve and work together for. God, in Genesis chapter 11, said some words that I think are so powerful. All God's words are powerful, don't get me wrong. But God said some incredibly powerful words when he looked down at a group of people who said these words. They said, we're going to build a tower, we're going to build it up to heaven, and we're going to make a name for ourselves. How many knows that their motive and their actions were wrong? What they were doing was wrong. But the Bible says that they had one language and they came together. And look what God himself even said. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. Say with me, vision. Indeed, the people are one and they have one language and this is what they begin to do. Look what God says. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. God himself spoke the power of vision. That when we can come together as one people, when we can come together with one mind. Now their motives were wrong, but yet because of their togetherness, there was still greatness that they could achieve. Think what can happen when our motive is right. Think what we can do when God is on our side and God puts his stamp of approval upon our lives. There is nothing. Can I say this? There is nothing we as a church cannot accomplish this year. I said there is nothing we as a church cannot accomplish this year. If we'll come together, if we'll rally together, and we won't pick about this and that, but we'll say, hold on a second, that's not what's important. What's important is that God's lifted up and that lives have been touched and changed and that God is getting all the glory. The power of together, vision coming together. And that is why you've got to understand, that's why since that time, Satan also heard the words of God. And he heard the thought that as one, there is nothing that can be accomplished. And why do you think it has been Satan's mission, mission ever since? To divide families, to divide homes, to divide nations, to divide churches, to do whatever he can to destroy vision. Why? Because he knows if he can destroy vision, 
He's destroyed more than just what we see. Do I hear an amen? Because vision isn't just what we see. Vision also involves what we think and what we can be in God. And that's why as a church, we've got to have vision. We've got to have a common goal that we can rally around, that together we can accomplish. I love what the Apostle Paul says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You don't have to turn there because I'm not going to read, but later read it for yourself. I love the picture that he paints of the body of Christ. He says, you are a body, like a human body. He begins to say, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you, and vice versa, and all these different things. He says that we are a body, like a human body. There's different parts, there's diversity, but yet he preaches and teaches the thought that there has to be unity in the diversity. Unity in the diversity. Meaning a hand can be work with a wrist and an arm and a leg and a head and an eye and an ear. That together we can work together. Each part functioning in its unction, as I say. You've got to function in your unction. You've got to be what God called you to be. Come on, if God made you... A thumb, you got no business wanting to be in a sock and be a big toe. Do I hear an amen? But God has placed you and given talents and giftings and abilities that you can function in his body, that you can come under vision, and that together we can be one functioning body that can achieve greatness in God. Here's another thing I love about vision. Vision means that it's equal work and sacrifice. It means that we can shoulder the load together. Vision shouldn't be one person carrying everything. Vision should be each one of us. I, I, I hate that statistic out there that they say 80-20. I want to turn that upside down in this church. They say that 80% of the people are not doing the work, but 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. 80% are doing 20% of the work and 20% are doing 80%. I want to turn that up on itself and I want to say that there's going to be 80% plus people in this church that's doing 80% plus work. That it's equal service, it's equal sacrifice. That when it comes time to giving, it's equal sacrifice. We may say, well, there's not much to give. That's the beauty of vision. When you give what you can and someone else gives, guess what? There is nothing that cannot be accomplished when we come together as one. The power of vision. There's no other power like it. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 12. It says there's two are better than one. There's many accounts in the Word of God that you can read that involves vision coming together, being one. The Bible says two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. Verse 10, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But notice what it says, but woe to him who falls alone, or woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Can I tell you one more thing? Vision is not just about you, your family, and your future. It's about other people around you too. The Bible says it's up to us to pick other people up around us, to help us, to encourage those, and to support them. Vision doesn't leave anyone out. Come on, vision leaves no man behind. Vision encompasses everyone. Verse 11, again, if two lay down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And listen to this, and a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. 
We've just read the power of together, the power of being one, the power of being in vision. The Bible says from what we just read, as we are one, there's more productivity. That I can take what I can do, put it with someone else's, and we've got double the productivity. We can be more productive when we come together as one. That's why it really bothers me, and I'm just going to say this, this isn't in my notes, but it really bothers me when people get upset with church and they just want to start a church because they don't like their pastor. So what do they do? They find a home somewhere and they begin to have church and service. You know what they're doing many times is they are what? Dividing the church. They are causing disunity. They are, they are I mean, it's not doing any good to the church. I'm going to say this and I could be shot down for it. I believe that half the churches in Baton Rouge need to be shut down. Why? Because people just need to get under vision. They need to just get over the fact that they don't like the color of the carpet or the way someone sings and just realize that God's placed them in there for a reason. And until we're functioning in our unction, guess what? There's going to be disunity everywhere. Come on, we've got to come together. There's more productivity that can happen when we become one. Not looking for ways. You know what? We may never agree on everything. But you know what vision says? It's okay. We can come together as one. And we can live for God. What else did we just read? Vision also gives us help in time of need. It says, woe to him who falls if he's alone. Are you glad that you're a part of a church that when you felt down or fallen, there's been someone there to lift you up and to encourage you? You see, God never intended for us to do life on our own. How do we know this? Because when he put Adam on this earth, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. He gave him a help me. That's what vision is, being a helpmeet, being around. What else did we just read? It says if one lays down on his own, he's going to get cold, but there's warmth together. Come on, we can bring warmth to each other. We can bring fulfillment to each other. We can bring help to each other. What else did we read? That two together can be an overcomer. It says watch out if one is on his own. But when two, they can withstand. But I love this. The Bible says two is good, but the Bible then says, but three is even better. Did you catch that? That three is even better. Speaks about a threefold call. Bill can tell you he works on the river with barges. The strongest ropes they have are three strands that are woven together. A cord that is woven together that will withstand, be able to withhold. Come on, I'm just trying to share with you the thought that there is power in being together. Come on, God didn't call you just to be a strand on your own. God chose you to be a strand woven into the rope of this church. That together we can see great things. Say with me, vision, vision, vision. God made you an individual, but to be part of his body, his church, to be involved in vision. There will never be a better you than you. And God made you you for a reason. That you can come together with someone else and someone else and someone else. And together we can see greatness of God in our lives. Do I hear an amen? Amen. I want to read out our vision statement for our church, if I may, quickly. And then I'm going to simplify it really into three words today. The vision statement of our church is written on the wall as you come in. It's on the wall in our welcome room. It says this, The church that I see is a church not only of impact, but one of influence and purpose. A church based on God's love, not only in word, but also in action. We will be a church that touches this world one life at a time, being no respecter of persons. We will change this world for Christ by being the example that he has called us to be, discipling and leading people. We will be a church bringing hope, life, 
and peace into every area of people's lives. We will be built on the foundation of dependency upon the Holy Spirit and His working both through praise and worship and the preaching of the Word. I see a church of vision and a church of future, achieved only by a commitment to God and then to each other, a church that counts whatever the cost and pays whatever the price to fulfill the call and purpose of God. That's our church. We're all about Him. We're all about Him helping you. We're all about Him helping you. I want to simplify our vision today. I want to give you the pocket-sized version that you can take with you every day. So when people ask, what is the vision of your church? You can simply say, heart sees family life, church's vision is this. Life, love, and purpose. Life, love, and purpose. Here's the vision of our church. Heart sees family life, church, is where life starts. Love happens and purpose is revealed. Did you catch that? It's where life starts, love just happens, and purpose is revealed. I want to break that down for a few moments today. Life. Life. Say that with me. Life. Life. This church, I believe, is going to be a place where life starts for people. Because we believe that there is no such thing as really living until you've met Jesus. Until you've really met Jesus, you haven't begun to live. You may think you've had it good, and you may think things are great, but until you've met Jesus, that's where true life begins. We see in John 10, verse 10, we know that Satan comes to take. The thief comes to... Don't like that. Anyone with me on that one? We don't like that. But we also see from John chapter 10 and verse 10, the purpose why Jesus came. Jesus said these words, I have come that you may have life. Through him, life starts. He said, I have come that you may have life. And listen, I'm so glad that he didn't just die to give us a mere existence. That we could just struggle through life and just make it by the skin of our teeth and go, oh, poor me. God says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. The vision of this church is to preach the truth that life can start in people's life, that they can experience the abundance of God. That there's an abundance for God. Or abundance of God for every life. Come on, there's an abundance of God for every life. Life in Christ, having faith in God, having a relationship. Come on, that's where life starts, having a relationship with God. If we are not getting people to this part, if we're not getting people to life, then really we have no place that we can take them. If all we're doing is throwing programs and all we're doing is having nice stuff and, and giving away nice food. How many knows you get some nice food around this place? Come on, we get taken care of. Hope does an incredible job and others that work with her and just all. I mean, we feed people pretty good in this church. But I pray that we feed you good spiritually as well as physically. Why? Because if all we're doing is giving people good food through their mouth and we're not giving them food through their heart, listen, we're failing. But as a church, here's our vision. Life starts. Life starts. Life starts. We believe that whenever someone steps 
even onto this property. I'm going to go one further than that. We're believing that as people drive by this property, they're going to feel life. They're going to sense life, that they're going to see Jesus at work. Come on, as a church, we've never been about numbers. I, I, I never find in the book of God that it's ever about numbers. It's not about how many, uh, as in how big is your church and how big is your crowd. Come on, that's never been our thrust. We're not about numbers. We're all about souls. We're all about life. We're all about people experiencing the life of God. I remember a number of years ago, Hannah and I were driving in the car. And I believe it was when I was still working for Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. I was the youth pastor there for six years, incredible years, and really had an incredible time while I was there. And I remember the privilege of being on radio every Thursday night with our youth services, and probably about 10,000 people would listen in every Thursday night. We had arguably at that time maybe the biggest youth group in America. I mean, God really blessed us. I had a show on Saturday morning where we would have youth talk, and for an hour we would talk, saw so many testimonies and great things, had the opportunity to talk to so many people who were ready to commit suicide and and they called me off the air and I prayed with them and God saved their lives and changed them. I mean, God used us in such incredible ways. And I remember driving in the car um, many years ago and and Hannah was in the car, just a little girl at that time. And she looked at me and and we were listening, I think, to something from the youth camp service. And and she was listening to myself on the radio and stuff. And she looked at me and she said to these words, Dad, how many people? do you think you've brought to God? How many people do you think you have touched? You know what pride wanted to do? Pride wanted to start putting a number to it. Pride wanted to start, and my first thought that went through my mind was probably at least 10,000 and up. And I'm thinking maybe more, more, more. You know what? There was a check in my spirit, and I looked at Hannah, And I said, Hannah, you know how many people I've touched for God? I said to her, not enough. Not enough. That's the vision of this church. We haven't touched enough yet. Come on, we're not going to glory in the fact that, thank God, Trey got saved and Doug got saved and other testimonies in this house that we've seen. I mean, turned around, transformed. We're not just going to sit back and put them as trophies on the wall and say, look at that. We're going to look forward with great anticipation saying there's not enough yet, but we're going to preach and teach the truth that life can start through Jesus Christ. That's what our church is all about, that life can start. That life starts with God. That's our vision, to bring people to a faith relationship with Christ. But how can we accomplish that? Part number two, life number one. Second part is love. Say with me, love. Love. Love Love happens. Heartsease Family Life Church, where life starts and love happens. We want to be a church where love just happens. We want to be a church where love is felt, where love is shown where love is expressed. We want to be a place that people feel love. You know, I've had people chastise me and ridicule me and say, you know what, Philip? You just love people too much. You, you just love people too much. You know what? You, you give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You give everyone else a second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. They, when they come back, you just love people. and you, give, you know what you need to start doing, Philip? You need to start calling them out for what they are. And you need to start calling them sinners. You need to start. I've had people tell me this. You're just doing it the wrong way. And I began to think about that. Hold on a second. I'm one of them too. I'm a sinner. Anyone else a sinner in here? But the difference is we're saved by grace. But you know what brought us into that grace? Love. 
love, love. I promise you this, those of you who have come to this church for long enough will love you enough to tell you the truth. But you know what? We're not going to kick people out before God can deal with their hearts. We want to be a place where love happens. You know, it's easy for us to look at people and pass judgment and say, well, they need to do this and they need to do that and everything. Hey, let's let's let the Holy Spirit have his way in this house. Come on, let's just love people. Let's just be a church. You know, that's probably one of the greatest compliments that we've received as a church. And you've perhaps given the compliment. And that is, I've never felt such love as I have as I've walked through these doors. You know what? We've got to feel a greater love because this needs to be a church where love just happens. Come on, it becomes second nature. That's what we do. That's what we are. Look what it says in Galatians 5 verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. But look at this. But faith working through love. How do we teach people life? Where life can start. Faith works through love. I love what the Message Bible says for that verse. It says this. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior, faith expressed in love. New Living Translation says, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. Towards the end of the year, I believe it was the end of October, I had a leaders meeting and I sat down with the leaders of the church and I challenged them with a question, a number of questions actually, but this was one of the questions I challenged them with. And I said, if there is only one thing that we could do, if there's only one thing next year that we are able to do, but yet to be the best at it, what is the one thing that we will do? And can I tell you, around that room, the answer was anonymous. Everyone said, here's what we want to do. We want to love. We want to love. We want to love. And listen to me, we want to be the best at loving. Come on, the vision of our church is life starts, but love happens. You may not know the story of the person that's sitting beside you today. You may not know the story of the person sitting around you today. You've maybe already passed judgment on them. You've already jumped to conclusions. You're even getting ready to talk about them. And can I tell you, that's gossip, which is a sin. We're so easily past judgment to write people off. But how about this? I challenge you, because this is what we believe at this church. Why not start loving that person? All that person needs is someone to say, I care about you. And guess what? As we love them, can I tell you what happens? They see Christ. And as they see Christ, the Bible says that they will begin themselves to glorify him. Because it says in Matthew 5, as they see your good works, they will glorify your father. What happens through love, life comes. As we love people. Come on, we're going to be a church that loves people into the kingdom. When we talk about love, we've got to understand this. Don't get me wrong. It's not that we're condoning what they're doing in their life. We're not. But love says, you know what? doesn't matter what you've done. We still love you and God still loves you. And God can be a hope and a change to your life. Come on, we hate the sin, but we love the person. Come on, let me say that one more time. We hate the sin, but we love the person. If it wasn't for love, most of you wouldn't have made it. But because of love, you have life. Come on, we're going to be a church where life starts and where love happens. I want to read this. I carry this in my, bar, in, in my preaching folder every time I preach. Something that John wrote to me a number of years ago. And John, I carry it every time I preach. And John says these words in one of the paragraphs of his letter. He wrote, 
He said, when my ministry started, I brought some homeless folks to my church. And when they did, the congregation showed them fake hospitality. But when I brought them to Heartsease the next week, your people hugged these people who had not bathed as if they were wearing Chanel number five. At that point, I began to love and respect HFLC as a real church, one after God's own heart. Congratulations, Pastor, for leading such a people. I keep that in my folder all the time to remind myself, I want to be a church that loves people. I want to be a church that love just happens. I want to be a church that says this in Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. Love, don't get me wrong, love doesn't excuse them. We just talked about that. Love doesn't excuse the sin and say, it's okay, you can keep living like that. But what love does when it says it covers them, it covers them with the hope of, guess what, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. There's another chance that's waiting for you in God. Come on, that's our church. That's our church. Peter goes on in 1 Peter 4 verse 8 to quote that. He says, above all else or above all things have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Above all else, have a fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Because you see, in Christ's love, there's forgiveness. That's our vision of love to people. To love people so that they would know his forgiveness. And last but not least, purpose. Purpose. Heartsease Family Life Church, where life starts, love happens. And purpose is revealed. We don't believe that anyone is a mistake. We don't believe that anyone has stumbled through these doors by mistake. We believe that everyone has been placed in this place for a purpose, for a calling, for God to use you, for God to cause you to come alongside this church and that together we would see greatness. God spoke to Jeremiah these words. I think they're so powerful words from Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. God says to him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about those words. Before you were even formed in the womb, God knew you. We read in Psalms, I believe it is 139, that before you were even formed, God had your days. Every day was numbered, everything. The incredible thought of God that when we may have been a mistake or or whatever it may be, God says, no mistake, that you were known by me, that you were known. And can I tell you this, that when you look at the word, I knew you in the Bible, it speaks of great intimacy. Most of the time that word know means is speaking of a sexual relationship between a husband and wife, which is the closest sense of unity or intimacy there can be. God says, I intimately know you. I don't just know you from a distance. I know your name. I know the very hairs on your head. I know everything about you. And before you were born, guess what? I sanctified you and I set you apart. Jeremiah goes on. But can I tell you today that the words that God says to Jeremiah are the same words that he says to every one of us. 
that God knows you. God's got a purpose for you. He's got you set apart. And we believe in this church that people are going to find their purpose. People are going to find their calling. They're going to find the fact that they may be messed up and and did all these things, but God still has a plan for their life, that God can still use them from the smallest to the greatest. We read it earlier, or we talked about it earlier from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. No matter what part of the body we are, we're all important, and together we function as one. We have a saying that we say here in this church, and it goes like this, EMI. EMI. Every member involved. We believe there's a place for every member, every person to be involved. And by the way, membership is not signing a piece of paper. Membership is active involvement. Membership is bodies sitting in the church, being active, being here. Come on, you can't be a member sitting at home watching the TV. Come on, you can't be a member coming once a month. That's not membership. Come on. Membership is active involvement, being here as much as you can, as often as you can, serving to the greatest capacity that you can. We believe everyone's got a vital part to play. And we believe that through being connected and through being a part of this house, you will find the purpose of your life. Each one of you has callings and giftings that you go to and work with every day. Listen, God gave you those giftings, yes, to provide a living for you and your families. Don't get me wrong, but God gave them to you for another reason, and that is this, to also glorify Him and to be used in His house. It's time that you use those callings and giftings in His house because the Bible says you build His house, He'll build your house. Come on. You build His house, He'll build your house. But even more than service, because that's not what it's about. It's not about just getting people to sign up. I mean, we need help in the nursery. We need help in the kids' ministry. We need help in our bus ministry. We need help in our meters and greeters. I mean, there's so many areas of church life that we do desperately need help in. I mean, Kelly was just trying to go through the nursery schedule for the next few months, and she was pulling her hair out yesterday saying, Philip, we just don't have enough people. I mean, there are needs all over the church, but that's not why we preach messages like this. Yes, we want you to be involved, but greater than that, we want you to find your purpose in God. And you know what your purpose is in God? Living for Him 24-7. 366 this year because it's a leap year. That we can discover the fact that there's a God-shaped void in every one of us. And only God can fill that void. Heartsease Family Life Church. Where life starts. Love and purpose. I believe that this church is a safe place for you and your family. You're going to hear that phrase many times this year because that's the phrase that we're going to use, a safe place. And when we say a safe place, I'm just going to list a few things or reasons why we're a safe place. Number one, we're a safe place for you. We're a safe place for you spiritually and emotionally. So many people have been mistreated in church life. There's so many people who don't like God because they don't like church. They've been mistreated, they've been abused, they've been mishandled. There's some people right now, and I'm not going to point them out and embarrass them, but I'm telling you, there's some people in this church that have been so manipulated spiritually by people, by wrong teaching. We believe that this is a safe place for you. We believe that you're going to be taught the truth of God's Word. We believe here, if it's not in God's Word, it's not worth saying. Come on, we've got no hidden agendas here. Our goal is to see you grow both spiritually and emotionally that God would be glorified. Here's another reason why we're a safe place. We're a safe place for the lost. 
A lot of people today, when they say a safe place for the lost, what they mean is when they come in, they won't be offended because it's going to be so compromised and they're not going to feel the truth. That's not what we're talking about when we say we're going to be a safe place for the lost. What we're talking about is when they come into this place, they're going to hear the glorious gospel and life can start within them. Come on, as a church, we're not going to be a museum for the saints, but we're going to be a hospital for the sinner. Sinners are welcome in this church. Come on, sinners are welcome in this church. It's one of the first signs I'm going to put up when we get a new facility as big as I can. Sinners welcome. And guess what? That means you can come too. We're going to be a place where people can come and find love, life and purpose. They may be bloody, they may be broken, they may be hurt when they come in. But they can find healing in this house as they find Jesus. Come on, we're not going to, fl- we're not going to preach fluff and stuff. It's only God's word that's going to save them. Number three, we're going to be a safe place for your family. And even those of you who don't have a family, we're going to be a safe place for your future family because there's no greater place than to find your mate for life than in the house of God. And we're believing that God's going to provide and meet your need. That as your children, you may be married and don't have children, we're going to be a safe place for your future family as you have children. We want to be a center of life. Notice the name of our church. We're Family Life Church. We want to be a center of life for the whole family. We want to have something for everyone. Fourth, we want to be a safe place for your finances. We're going to teach you the importance of bringing to God what is already His. Come on, we're going to teach you that you're bringing back to God. So many times we say, come and give your tithes. You're not giving anything. You're bringing back. Why? Because 100% is God's. He just lets you keep 90. Isn't that great? That's how awesome God is. We're going to teach people the principle. And, and tithing is not an Old Testament principle. It's a principle that is established throughout the Word of God. It's a principle of God. And the Bible says that God doesn't change. So we're teaching the principles. We're we're teaching the fact that when you give God his portion, the first portion, guess what? God redeems the rest and he rebukes the devourer. Come on, it doesn't get better than that. So what begins to happen? As you sow into that, as you pay your tithes faithfully, guess what? Your finances will begin to change. From now onwards, God has really challenged me. When anyone comes and says, I'm having financial trouble, the first question I'm going to ask him is this, are you paying your tithe? Why? Because how can we expect the blessing of God upon our lives when we're withholding the blessing of God? Come on. We are robbing God from the opportunity to bless our lives. You may say, well, when I get something, I'll be able to give. No, it starts where you're at right now. Because if you can't pay tithes off $10, you'll never pay it off 1000 So we're going to be a safe place for your finances. Why? Because we're going to see you blessed physically. We're going to see you blessed financially. Why? Because we're not going to manipulate you. We're not going to throw the bills on the altar and say, pay for these bills. If not, the lights are going to go off. We're not going to manipulate you. We're not going to force you. We're just going to teach you. That's what I tell people all the time. My leaders, we don't stand up and we force people. We teach them the principles of God's word. We excite them enough that they want to give. And as a result of giving, their lives will be changed. Come on, we're a safe place for your finances. And I'll say this about your finances too. We're a safe place because everything above and beyond the expenditure of what it takes to run this church, we're looking for ways to sew it back in because life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. That's what we're about. And last but not least, number six, no, number five, sorry. We're a safe place for your development, a place where you can be nurtured, where you may be pruned a little bit, but you need to have some of that dead stuff to be cut off that you can grow. 
We believe in seeing the will of God develop in every area of your life. What does that mean? Not just spiritually. We believe in this church that we're going to see people be better fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, children, employees, employers. We believe that you're going to be a better person as you come in, as you rub shoulders with other people who have walked life. As we hear the word of God, we'll be instructed and we'll be changed. Come on, we're a safe place that will develop you. And last but not least, we're a safe place for your future will help set the course for your life. I believe this church is going to bring stability into your life as you come and as you get apart. Uh, God challenged me with this, and this is something I'm taking into the new year, and I want to challenge every one of you with this too. You can only go as high as you are deep. You can only go as high as you are deep. You've got to build a foundation upon the rock Christ Jesus. Come on, in this church, there's going to be a foundation that can be laid for your life that there can be stability for your future. A safe place also involves a safe mind and time is gone. But vision, the power of together, be a part of that. Get behind, serve the house. Ask yourself this question, what can I do to play my part in seeing the vision of this house fulfilled? How can I bring life? How can I bring love? And how can I bring purpose to people's lives? Why? Because one can only do a small amount, but two can do so much more. And the Bible says that three is even better. And as we come together, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish as we follow the vision that God has given us. Get behind your pastor. Get behind myself and Kelly and our family. Get behind the vision of our church. Say, Pastor, whatever you need, I'm there because I believe in the fact that life's going to start, love's going to happen, and purpose is going to be revealed. If people want to know what our church is all about, life, love, and it's where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.